Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Remember when we only had four TV networks plus whatever the hell UPN and WB were? You had to be in front of the TV when the show aired or hoped you had a blank VCR tape. And then if you wanted to talk about what you watched last night, you had to actually, and I can't even believe I'm suggesting this, talk to an actual person, like in real life. The 90s were a whole mood, man. And the great pop culture debate wants to throw it back and decide what was the best sitcom of the 1990s. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And that's why you'll find me at the VD Clinic. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel for this episode. In a 90s kind of world, she's glad she's got her girls. It's Ama Marfo. Keep your head up and let's go. She's gone from living single to being married with children. And now she'd love the nanny to help with her full house. Please welcome to the podcast, Jennifer Chen. That intro is the best. You're the best. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> and she's the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan, the flashy girl from Astoria, the manny named Kevin Dillon. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield, I'm here. <laughs> oh, that was a very good friend, Drescher. Thank you, Kevin. So before we get to the debate, how does this work? We made a list of 100 plus notable comedy shows that originally aired on American television between January 1st, 1990 and December 31st, 1999. What a time to be alive. More than 75 people took the poll. We tallied those votes, ranked their picks by popularity and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls and brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you think we should eat your shorts? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And lastly, if you're curious about how we went from the top 32 down to the sitcom 16, become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. Our Patreons at the $5 level or higher get exclusive access to warm-ups slash part ones for each episode in which we work our way through all of the round one decisions. It's like a whole bonus episode for each topic and includes arguments you will not hear anywhere else. And it's only one of our great Patreon perks, so please consider supporting us today. And with that out of the way, let's order some tossed salad and scrambled eggs and get straight to these debates. First up, ultimate number one seed, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, is currently down in numbers from the Queens of New York, five seed Sex in the City. Alma, explain why we should keep doing the Carlton dance into round three, while I will rally up the up-my-ass players for Sex in the City. Alma, I would like you to go first. I mean, I think there's a reason that Fresh Prince is the number one seed here. Like, when you think about a sitcom, a situation comedy that has kind of this endless well of possible opportunities that feel like it fit into that genre, the family element of it. There's so much that the Fresh Prince feels well-built for this. So when I think about what constitutes a sitcom and what really feels like the 90s, I think it also does that really well. Like Sex and the City is a time capsule. It had some moments into the 2000s. So when I think about something that is like quintessentially 90s in so many different ways, Fresh Prince just seems to fit that for me. Yeah. And I have to say, as I was actually working on my notes for this episode, 
Ama, I kind of switched my vote to Fresh Prince, and oh. it was partially for the reasons you just mentioned. And I am going to give Jen and uh, Kevin the opportunity to push for for Sex and the City, but I want to echo your point there, which is the entirety of Fresh Prince aired in the 1990s. It was all six seasons or seven seasons. It was 1990 to 96. So I don't remember mm-hmm. that six or seven seasons. Um, whereas Sex and the City didn't start airing until 98 and really had its high points in the 2000s. And when I was looking at this, I was just like, if I was trying to describe these shows, I think I would really think of Sex and the City more as a 2000 show than a 90s show, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is not to say anything about quality, although I do think both of them are very good shows. I think they both achieve what they're setting out to do and very strongly. Uh, Jen, where are you on this one? I had picked Sex in the City, but now hearing you guys talk about it, I realize you're right. It's more of a 2000s show um, and Fresh Prince is so 90s um, and it had so many great people in it. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's the main star, but everybody else was amazing in it too. Sex. I had originally picked sex in the city because I associate it with that sort of the, I think the, the the costumes and not costumes, (laughs) the fashion just feels very nineties to me in sex in the city. And like, has that kind of, do you remember the first season where it was a lot of like talking to the camera and yeah. like mm-hmm. like that feels very 90s of like let's do reality show type stuff that's what it felt like to me so that's why i picked sex in the city yeah and that first season is such an outlier for that show because that format goes away very quickly like after season format. one it's gone and i assume it was based off of the actual newspaper column that it was sourced from and they're like let's get everybody's different so- you know stories or whatever um but it it didn't really work kevin were you this was a tough one for me because uh, it was for me it's a format thing like it's a style thing the the style of fresh prince is not my cup of tea I'll be honest. Like I am not, it it had some moments that were a little bit dramatic and a little bit um, more nuanced, if you will. But it was a little bit more of that 80s slapsticky kind of style. And Sex in the City was the birth of kind of the modern sitcom, if for a lack of better phrase. Like it was, it was just, this was a back and forth that I went, I, I think I honestly switched between these two probably several times when I was, when I was laying it out. And I, and, and I, I think I'm ultimately going to go with Fresh Prince in this battle and switch as well. But I want to say, in defense of sex in the city, the early seasons are incredibly strong because unlike Ally McBeal, which we talked about in our, our first episode, um, sex in the city has something a little bit different and special that really elevates it. And that goes to the HBO of it all. And there are several podcasts that go into why HBO did what they did and why they are what they are. And it it, it was just so hard for me in this battle. And, and I do think I am also going to switch to Fresh Prince because... Ultimately, 
I think it is the best version of that, like, I hate to say this because it was an NBC show, but like TGIF kind of sitcom. Um, does that make sense? It does. In uh, did some did you want to say something with someone else jumping in there? I was. I was just gonna say I do. I get very much what you're saying, and I do agree with you in the sense of like there was a sense of a formula of what was driving '90s sitcoms. So a lot of them, even if they're not quote unquote similar to each other, they have a lot of like characteristics. Right. So stylistically, if you don't necessarily enjoy that, that is a challenging thing for something like this. But I also think about like what we're here to do is like the best 90s sitcom. That was kind of like the archetype of that era. And I would say that right. Sex and the City, to its credit, challenges that a great deal, but I think it had a greater impact on the shows that followed it and kind of defined what a successful 2000 show looked like. Correct. So uh, yeah. it's, yep. its impact kind of hit a little bit later. And as somebody who was also on the 2000s sitcom episode of this program, like that w- we're talking about different hallmarks of a show. Yeah. I, I would agree with you, and that's why I think I'm going to switch with Fresh Prince, because I think it is definitively a great 90s show. Yeah. It was not necessarily one I—that was one of my favorites, per se, but I think it represents, like I said, that best version of a quote-unquote TGIF sitcom, and, and, and I think it's very good at what it does— and I think it has a great cast. Mm-hmm. My only my only critique is that we lost the first Anne Viv. And that is because she uh, she was, Jana Hubert was like, man alive, was she fantastic. And yeah. the second Aunt Viv, she was good, question mark. Um, sure. But like, that's, 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 that's like, that's like a very nitpicky thing. You know what I mean? Like that's a nitpicky thing because the cast overall is great and 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 I I think it does a really good job of taking the premise of what is a good sitcom and running with it. Yep. And we will be moving it to round three, so we can discuss the the war of the ant vivs if you want. Then, um, <laughs> plug, uh, we will we did talk more about Sex and the City in our best HBO original series episode, which was earlier in this season of our podcast. So do check that out, as well as the best two thousand sitcom, which Arma also mentioned. Uh, so my God, look at us! We have all this content; it's unbelievable. Who are we? Uh, next up, uh, in a battle of teen skewing ABC sitcoms, we are evenly split between three seed Boy Meets World and two seed full house ama make like kimmy gibbler and hound us until we swap our votes to house jen explain why Corey and topango were the couple that you cared about i'm gonna have jen go first okay i think i admitted this in the previous episode but i mainly watched this show because i thought the boys were cute in it so <laughs> i still go with that vote i was very much i'm gonna let you know not a writer strong person i was more of the older brother um what's Corey's oh, older brother uh will Friedle. yes oh he I, was cute yeah he was yeah. and i was like he's the older brother and he's cute and anyway i also thought it was fun and sweet like i liked topanga and um Corey's relationship and the neighbor mr feeney and i don't know it just was a sweet show it didn't seem like um I don't know. It's funny. I think in hindsight, if I were to go back, I probably watched Full House more as that age. But I just watched Boy Meets World because I thought they were cute. 
I think that's a completely good rationale for why someone would support Boy Meets World, if I'm being completely honest. (laughs) It's not like we're talking about either of these shows because of their artistic merits. (laughs) Am I wrong? Those are facts. Those are facts. Um, But that being said, Amma, talk to me about Full House. So, Jen, like you, I watched both of these And again, they were like very much of a moment and going back to what we talked about a moment ago in terms of like the type of format and even something that I learned about the other day in terms of comedy writing, what's known as like a contact factory. So being able to set up a premise that generates its own stories. So like having characters that you get to know a little bit better and there are episodes about their lives and there are arcs that kind of like run through it in and out. And both shows do that really well. But again, when I think about like 90s sitcom and kind of quintessentially of that era, Full House was a juggernaut. Like the, again, potential that it had to maybe not spin off other shows, but boost other shows by having other characters pass through theirs. And the catchphrases and like what it did for the Olsen twins, just like launched them into stratospheric levels of fame, which we can argue was a good thing or a bad thing. But that shows capacity to like do what it did for them, do what it did for John Stamos. Um, Things like you got it, dude, how rude. Oh my Lanta. Like everybody (laughs) had like their catchphrases. Like it was massive. So when we're talking about like impact on the nineties overall, I think both were good and I enjoyed both, but like full house's influence on the things around it. Undeniable. I think that's a good point. And I would argue um, the nineties may be where, the sitcom formula like had been so fully kind of baked that it had no place to go but to burst out of those confines. And Full House to me is like a sitcom that is so formulaic, it is firing on all cylinders, right? It's like a perpetual motion engine of a sitcom. It's not great, but it is highly watchable and Mm -hmm. it spoke to a very broad subsection of the population which is ultimately why and i'm curious for your thoughts on this kevin i'm coming down for full house here because i feel boy meets world you had to be a very specific age range to really enjoy that program and i'm actually still kind of gagged that it's a three seat on this because it's a very i think a very specific niche show whereas full house appealed to kids it appealed to teenagers it appealed to parents and I think it was like genuinely a family show. Whereas I feel like Boy Meets World, you weren't watching that unless either you or one of your kids was between the ages of like 11 and 15. Kevin? I'm going to be honest. This is a horse race if I don't care. I think uh, that was your answer. <laughs> You've been quiet enough I, I over the course really, of this that I was like, I, you can't I, have an opinion. I genuinely think both of these shows are peak fine. Mm. Um, because in the end, I'm going to vote for Fresh Prince between <laughs> these whatever wins between these shows. Um, so I'll say this, and I want us to analyze it from this perspective. Like both of these shows had reboots. Both of these shows sure. have cultural legacies. In, in, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the interesting thing about these two shows as they go up against each other is there is something really unique and special about both of these shows in, in, a, in a very 90s way, right? Like they both represent 
very traditional sitcom kind of perspectives. And I think I went with Boy Meets World, but I think I'm going to switch to Full House. And I hate to support Candace Cameron. Um, <laughs> Listen, I understand that pain. I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> really it's a challenge. Her. I mean, we're gonna get a can. We're gonna get a Will Smith versus Candace Cameron uh, <laughs> matchup. And I welcome that. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, I'm voting for Will Smith still. Yeah. Um, and um, I I think the difference is that. Y- I think Eric, you said that uh, someone said the the phrases, and that is, I think, what swayed me um, a little bit. Like the "you got it, dude," how rude. Like the, there, there is something transcendent about Full House, um, early Full House, that really resonates. Um, and the Olsons and the the adults honestly the adults were just as important as the kids mm-hmm. and that was not the case outside of maybe mr feeney because um in boy meets world the parents were kind of non-entities sure so i'm gonna go i'm gonna switch my vote to full house i think yeah. full house should advance and i mean all, all, all the four adult characters on that show yeah. actually had long careers they made a lot of money like they did and one of them could have gone to jail so yeah Yeah. we love that we we do love that for her all right so i'm sorry jen we are gonna go ahead and advance full house next up thank you uh most of us preferred the calming voice of radio therapist dr fraser crane and six seed fraser but jen wanted to push it to the max and go steady with two seeds saved by the bell kevin why are we out of our minds to not advance fraser jen break the fourth wall and give us the zach attack and push for bell i'm gonna have kevin go first okay so i was not a huge fraser person in fact i was very anti-fraser because i was oh i'm so sorry everyone we talked about this in episode one i was very pro friends when i was a kid but that was because it was simpler and it was simpler times but I just never got why Frasier won all of its Emmys. But as an adult, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, Christopher Lloyd and that team spun off Cheers into a show that was intelligent, brilliant, maddening, fantastical, and just genius around a psychiatrist and his family. And I watched several episodes in preparation for this podcast to really just kind of get a smattering or reminding of how great Frasier was and is. And from the pilot and up until uh, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, which is one, I think, of the best comedic episodes of all times, um, you get to watch Kelsey Grammer, David Hyde Pierce, Jane Leaves, uh, John Mahoney, and she is the rosiest Perry Gilpin. Um, just be incredibly funny and dry. It is probably the driest sitcom of the 90s. And it does such a good job of being the epitome of how you take a character from a sitcom that is iconic cheers which we've talked about and 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 you make 
something special. You move it forward and you do something really unique with it. Um, and you actually maybe make it better than the original, which is a hard thing to do. And I think that's very 90s, right? Like it's taking something that's very old school and classic and evolving it in a very smart way. And um, you get to watch all these guest stars play with Frasier. Like you get to watch Gene Smart play with Frasier and be one of his girlfriends. You get to watch him again interact with B.B. Newworth and have him and her like fight. You get to watch him just have a really great time. And you get to watch David Hars- David Hyde Pierce play straight, which is a challenge. Unconvincing, um, is that what I would say? And he's convincing. He does a good job. He's probably one of the best people at it. And it, it is just such a funny, it is such a funny show. My God, my God. But like, I, I have to highlight this. John Mahoney is one of the most brilliant comedic actors of all time. And he is, he's so special, rust in power and he is what a what a terrific man he he is was and and it's it's just a lovely show and eddie eddie the dog oh my god i was literally just about to call you out for the moose erasure yes Um, no eddie the dog eddie the dog and it's just so funny it is it is a delightful show and it is incredibly special I'm going to, I have a a huge torch for Saved by the Bell. So this is going to be sort of a soapbox moment for me, but. Get on up. So 90s. It's overly dramatic. There is no subtext. Um, Every, you know, those special episodes. Very special episodes. Absolutely. Of like, here's drugs or the special character you're never going to see it again. When like Zach dated for a hot minute like a homeless girl and was like oh my god we're gonna totally change this family's life and then you never saw them again (laughs) (laughs) more 90s than that thanks for your help um you changed my life but i also okay if we didn't have saved by the bell we wouldn't have had showgirls Um, (laughs) i love this argument showgirls is its own i mean it's a gift to all of us um if if you've never seen it um it also, I was like, I'm so excited. It's such a good catchphrase. That whole meltdown is like, I could watch that every single time and enjoy it. And I also really liked their fake bands that they mm-hmm. had that they would lip sync to like clearly other people had sang these songs, but they they were trying to act like they had sung them. It was just so corny. And I feel like in my mind, Saved by the Bell is so... 90s because it's that over the top like nothing is like real nothing is any real human emotion (laughs) I don't know it's it's really a cheesy pick but I I love it like I cannot love it anymore it it gave us banana split Sunday or Sunday I think it was their the girl band and then it gave us yeah um Lark Voorhees as Lisa Mm -hmm. um (laughs) I mean, it just gave us so many good things. I mean, technically, every member of that cast actually did have some level of pop culture kind of stardom or infamy after that show. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And Zach Morris Mm. is my crush from like 
the second I saw him, I was like, I will, f- I need to follow this guy on any show that he's on. And I, I just, I, I feel like he was the cutest nineties boy. I love that you love sociopaths. I'm really proud for you. <laughs> um, let me say this. And I hear that argument that Zach Morris is a sociopath. Um, I was trained from a very young age to fall in love with sociopaths. And I many of many of us were. I'm you know, I'm so grateful for that. Um <laughs> Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Hello. I mean oh boy. like there's a long line. Um my father. No, I'm just kidding. Um but no. No, <laughs> um no, seriously, I I agree with Jen's core of her argument, which is that there is no show on this list that is arguably more nineties than Saved by the Bell. I think that is completely true and here's where i'm i'm coming on this um if fraser is and, and, and bear with me the vianetta we all know what vianetta is right it oh, was yeah. sure the do. fancy oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. ice cream cake <laughs> of the 90s i'm with you okay then saved by the bell is like those um little plastic cups of, of <laughs> ice cream that you would get in the refrigerator with oh, the plastic yeah. spoons thank yeah. you it's that right yeah. Um, both iconically 90s, mm-hmm. um, which is better. I'm not sure you can actually say that Vianetta is like better. It's just fancier. And I, I, um, I do agree that with Kevin that Frazier is brilliantly written, but mm-hmm. it's also kind of condescending, right? Like, but that's the 90s. Honey. It totally is. It, it's right. That, that's very true. Like white pretension, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Both 90s and timeless. Let's just <laughs> say it. Yeah, exactly. I'm a spot on. <laughs> so true. Um, so I think there is merit to both is what I'm saying. If I had to make a decision as to which one I'm moving forward, I'm probably going with Frasier, even though there is a deep, deep place in my heart and in other places of my body for Zach Morris. And Mark Paul Gosselaar could still get it to this day. Hands down, no question. But so could Slater. Mario Lopez. Mario, Mario Lopez. Lopez. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. He, got, he got better looking after the show, though. He Let's did. Just... Oh, I don't know. I I, don't, I, oh, I love really? his Nambla look in I the... Just... Uh... <laughs> But like, let's talk of Nip Tuck. We never talk about Nip Tuck. Like it's been forgotten. But Mario Lopez season two of Nip Tuck. Check that out, folks. Uh-huh. Lots of sour uh-huh. shower scenes. It is worth the the investment of your time. Um, Ama, where are you on this? So I do think that both of these have like a very special place in the 90s. And I do agree with the argument that Frasier is one that like as a kid in the 90s, I was like, I don't understand why this is funny. And then as an adult looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, okay, they're doing something very special here. But to the point I kind of just alluded to, Frasier almost feels timeless in the sense that if someone were to not even reboot it, that's not what I'm talking about, but like make this show now, we'd be having slightly different conversations about it, but it would feel right at home in the 2020s. -hmm. Whereas Saved by the Bell is such a time capsule, again, not unlike Fresh Prince of that particular moment to the point where like the reboot now that's doing really well is doing well because it has to be really different from what it was. Yeah. So again, if we're talking about like best nineties, this iteration of saved by the bell could not happen in any other time period. Frazier probably could. So for mm-hmm. that reason, I'm voting for saved by the bell. That's a great Ooh. argument. Isn't that a good argument? <laughs> yes. Uh, that puts us into a, uh, are you sticking with Frazier, Kevin? I sure am. So 
Uh, I think that's two for Saved by the Bell, two for Frasier. And believe it or not, Saved by the Bell is a two seed. It would advance. Y'all, y'all are messy. Y'all thinking <laughs> Saved by the Bell is better than Frasier is messy. I don't know. That's not what I said. That's right. That's not what I said. And I think that's very important. And this yeah. comes up in the boy band episode from this season, which I'm not going to Y'all are messy. It, and if not- Saved by the Bell beats it makes it to the final four. I am going to literally murder all of you because <laughs> you don't. Know it is I not a anymore. good show. It is ultimately not a good '90s show. Listen, I'm just no going to say that. Listen, no one is. No one is here to make that claim. No one is here to make. No that one is claim. here to make that claim. No one is here to make that. And I, I think the point is, what is a better '90s show? You a, just. A show I just said 90s? if it is, it makes it to the final four. It is not a good '90s show. It is not a good show. I don't think you have to worry about that, Kevin. And speaking of which, speaking of messy, also, Kevin telepathically made me realize if you're following at home on the brackets, I skipped a debate because we're recording this at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday. It's been a really long week. Um, but let me go back to that one in what i believe will be a unanimous victory against the patriarchy one seed golden girls was the unanimous vision victor over four seed home improvement leaving tim <laughs> taylor without even a crumb of cheesecake is anyone objecting there was someone going to vote for home improvement over the golden girls uh-uh. there you yeah, go golden girls so kevin i think you have literally nothing to worry about <laughs> we move forward on that one i don't know jen i care i'm yeah. curious i'm worried about you so i'm just saying oh okay wow. wait wait I didn't say it was the best written show in the world. It's definitely not. It's terribly written. It is so on the nose. But if it I ages just... worse than milk. Like it ages yeah. like avocado. Like it's it terrible for a minute and then oh boy. But it's but really watchable at the gym. It's nineties. <laughs> it is nineties. All 90s. right. We are going to move on. I believe we have another unanimous victory, this time for one seed Seinfeld, which is sending four seed the nanny back across the river to Queens. Kevin, as one of the biggest nanny supporters I know, do you want to say anything uh, on behalf of Fran Fine? It hurts that these two are going up against each other and Saber the Bell is still in the mix. <laughs> it genuinely does. It Kevin, really hurts. We're going to get past that. Like, you have to just. I know, just... I know, I know. Okay. So, the, nanny, the Bell is his CC Babcock. <laughs> yeah. The nanny is, I think, I, I'm going to say this. I think it's the most underrated sitcom of the 90s. And I think. I love, and I say this, I lo- it, is the que- it is the queerest sitcom of the 90s, and that includes Will and Grace. Um, it is just so lovely, and it deserves its special place in the pantheon of great sitcoms. It is, it's got everything that I love Lucy, um, Laverne and Shirley, um, Every it's just so brilliant. It is so brilliant, and I am glad it made it this far. But it it is sadly going to be knocked out by a giant. Yeah, yeah. That that's what it comes down to. It's a Goliath story. Uh, next in a must see TV showdown, it's two seed Will and Grace versus three seed Cheers. Jen, explain why you're still gay for Will and Grace. I will raise a toast. To Cheers. Wow, I really put a lot of effort into that <laughs> intro. <laughs> <laughs> I took tens of milliseconds to come up with that one, apparently, when I wrote this script. Jen, why don't you talk about Will and Grace? I'm going to say something that I don't think everybody's going to like, but I didn't like Cheers as a that's, show. That's okay. Wild. That's okay. Um, but 
I just, my husband disagrees with me and he keeps trying to convince me. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't like it. I liked Will and Grace when it was on. And I think it, it was fun until it started to just churn out guest stars. Do you remember that at the, like towards the end where it was just like, Britney Spears, Michael Douglas, all the stuff. Anyway, I still love it. I mean, I, I feel like there's something about it that is memorable to me to the nineties. And I, I don't associate cheers with, most of my 90s memories. And I do think that's one of the big weaknesses that Cheers has, which is that most people are not going to think of it as a 90s show, right? Because I want to say the last two seasons were 90s? Three, excuse me, the final three seasons. I Uh actually have this in my notes. Um, But I will argue that those three seasons were still really good television. Um, And they had some great episodes. I'm almost positive the Jeopardy episode was in those last three ones, which is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I still, to this day, will use the joke in my kitchen and nobody understands what I'm talking about. There are three people who are not in my kitchen. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it's great. Um, but uh, he, I, I think that we have to, and this is, I'm going to get called on this. I've been called on this before and, and many other episodes. I'm not saying that something being super popular means that it is better than something else, but we cannot deny the fact that 90 million people, 40% of all, the entirety of America at that time watched the series finale of Cheers. Uh-huh. It was yep. a like cultural thing. It was like when Whitney sp- sang the Sparse Spangled Banner Cheers finale. Like that's to me like the two like almost on 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 par with one another. Um, but if you want to talk about guest stars, Will and Grace, let me run down some of the ones that were on Cheers, which also had quite the run: John Cleese, Emma Thompson, Christopher Lloyd. Alex Trebek, sorry, I'm going to go back to that. Arsenio Hall, Dick Cavett, Johnny Carson, Tip O'Neill, John Kerry, and Ethel fucking Kennedy was on yep. Cheers, yep. which Dang. I think yep. is amazing. And don't forget Harvey Firestein. Right. And like, seriously, you want to talk about an ensemble cast. That cast was unparalleled. I don't think we've ever had another cast in sitcom history where every single person on that, like, tell me a weak link in the Cheers cast. After Coach is gone, Nobody. you swept in Woody for Coach. It is, and even after you lose Diane and bring in Rebecca, still just as good. Like it is yeah. a great, great ensemble cast. I don't think maybe Arrested Development, maybe, but I'm not even sure I'd go that far. Um, Ama, where are you on this one? I'm giving it to Cheers, and again, I feel like some of this too, in the same way that. There were really good cheer seasons in the 90s, even though it is largely an 80s show. I think some of Will and Grace's better work was in the 2000s. Mm. Interesting. I always think of Will and Grace's best seasons as being in the early years. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I don't know. I don't know. It's so... We, so we, can, we can litigate that another time. We absolutely but. can. So I'll say this. Can't, Emma, can't I, think, have. I, I think you're. I think you're mostly right, because... It's tough. Be here's the thing. Cheers actually really never had a weak moment. Like, right. and that's rare for a sitcom that lasted what twelve years, something around that. Like, it I lasted. I don't think it was from, twelve. It was. I it think was eight, 1984 maybe? to two thousand or nineteen ninety two. So it was eight. Eight. Yeah. Eight. Well, still eight years. Eight years. 
still a really good run. Sure. And and consistent to, to the consistent. point I think you're about to make. And I don't exactly. I don't feel that Will and Grace was that consistent. Sure wasn't. Sure wasn't. And those first two seasons are good, but you still have the first season where Karen is not Karen. Right. And um and she's not Karen until season two, really. And that is part of this. Yeah, and but I and I don't want to begrudge a show finding its footing because no, I do think that like that is right. a natural part of the process. But I do think that Cheers knew what it was fairly early, and Correct. it stuck with that and like knew the strongest points of it. Whereas, kind of to the point that Jen made, Will and Grace kind of evolved a couple times and at times leaned into things that made it a little bit weaker. I don't know that Cheers ever did that. Like it had a good number of guest stars, but it wasn't guest stars that detracted from the chemistry of the main cast. Whereas. Will and Grace, when that main character or that guest star came in, like that was the thing. And you had, you know, you don't even remember what the rest of the episode was about. Correct. So I think in terms of like overall strength of being what it was and consistency and staying what it was, Cheers yeah. is stronger than Will and Grace. I would argue the same. Okay. So I think we're three to Cheers, one for Will and Grace. All right, so next up in a matchup virtually nobody on our panel saw coming, it's One Seed Friends versus Four Seed Designing Women. I will explain why we need to pivot our votes and push Friends to the Elite Eight. Who wants to make like a strong sugar baker woman and explain why tonight is the night that the lights go out at Central Park, which means who wants to stump for Designing Women? I actually don't have anyone down to do this in our panel. I, this I was just going to say, I think it's Friends. I hate yeah. to say that. And you know I'm not always go on the friend side like i for all of us like designing women was at its weakest and in the 90s correct yeah and like friends friends is the 90s so i i I hate to say this to us because as a group like i know we've talked about the flaws of friends but Mm -hmm. like i think it's friends arguably jen are you also on team friends i am i i know we talked about it in the in part one but i feel like in hindsight, thinking about the '90s, like the Rachel haircut, the the Phoebe's smelly cat, like there's so much that's so '90s, and just the whole. I don't think there's. It's just a juggernaut. Like I don't know how. You, I don't think any show kind of epitomized the '90s other than maybe Seinfeld, but maybe. And yeah. I think we may be getting there. Ama, where are you on this one? I acknowledge it as an inevitability. Like there's not a strong (laughs) enough case to be made for designing women to fight it. But also like I've been very vocal about friends, not being the one I would pick. I will do so again in just a moment, but (laughs) acknowledge it as an inevitability. And and here's the thing. We say it's inevitable, but in virtually every other episode we've done with discussed friends, friends goes out by round two. I don't think it has ever made it past round two on any topic, whether it be TV theme song or sitcoms of the 2000s. Like I I remember it getting knocked out in theme song and people were shocked that that happened, but it needed to happen. And I, I, I think this is finally the place where you acknowledge like you know what there is a reason that friends is what it is and i think this is the place where that bears itself i agree wholeheartedly and it was like 90 percent of my argument but i'm going to save that for round three because we are moving it ahead and then finally in round two a battle of two quintessential 90s sitcom projects for fox six seed living single versus two seed the simpsons ama is currently well single in her supportive living kevin explain why even after all these years it's still homer at the bat for the simpsons and I'm going to have Ama go first. 
I didn't know where that sentence was going where you're like, <laughs> she's single. And I was like, yeah, but like, come on, be cool. Um, Don't be all uncool. Be cool. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah, I did. I all this to say, I didn't know where the sentence was going. So I was like, let me just wait. Let me mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've been in prior rounds, very clear about my love for living single, my love for living single in direct comparison to friends, my love for living single as like a concept for television overall. And when I think about it in direct opposition to the Simpsons, like the Simpsons, yes, had its best years in the nineties, but there's a case to be made for the Simpsons being a nineties show and a 2000s show and a 2010 show. And from what it looks like, it's going to end up being a better part of the 2020s as well. And the um, 80s show, too. I'm pretty sure it, it started in the 80s. It, it did. It started yeah, in the nine. 80s. But I think, like, by our reasoning, it's less an 80s show and more 90s, 2000s, 2010s. And, again, like, not to diminish the idea that its best seasons did happen in the 90s. That is true. The best seasons were in the 90s. The best episodes took place in the 90s. But... Yeah, there's just something that wants me to stump for something that happened like in the 90s and was like a very specific flashpoint and was the progenitor to a lot of other really great black shows that showed friendship. So like if we don't have Living Single, you don't get something like Insecure. You don't get um, even some of like the other like sketch shows and things that happened like lend a great deal to Living Single and the success that it had. So it just feels like... I want to give it the recognition for like what it did for like black TV. And I say this as someone who like loves animation. I'm very clear about that, but the Simpsons I think covers too much ground to take it over in this particular round. It's uh, that is the best argument I've heard against the Simpsons. And you've made some great arguments for the Simpsons in the past. So I I take my hat off to you for that. Kevin, talk to me about Simpsons. So here's the thing. And I am not always, Eric will always admit that I am not the biggest Simpsons fan in any of these brackets because, well, and I shouldn't say that I'm not the biggest Simpsons. It's hard to pin it down. And I think that's its genius in and of itself. Like it is in the 90s, a show that literally transcends things in a way that we don't think about anymore. And I think that's that's my my own cross to bear, if you will. Like after the 90s, The Simpsons is, for me, almost kind of a non-entity. Like it doesn't necessarily do anything for me, but in the 90s, it is a peak sitcom for me. It, it hits every mark. It it the who shot Mr. Burns, the um the monorail, like all of these moments were quintessential sitcom moments, for a lack of a better term. Like, do you define a, a cartoon as a sitcom? I think it is the quintessential cartoon of the cartoon sitcom of the 90s. And it really defined comedy. And what comedy can do for the future. And like, I hate to vote against Living Single because I think Living Single is excellent, but The Simpsons is iconic. And what it did in the 90s, I I mean, I remember my cousins could not watch The Simpsons in the 90s because their parents thought it was too irreverent. Mm -hmm. Like, 
and and that was a thing mm-hmm. yep. um and it I guess it was. And I remember my parents laughing and being like, they're idiots. Um, (laughs) Really? Like, what the hell? Like, what is this? It's just a cartoon. Like, who cares? But I think what that shows you is, um, and I mean, oh my God, I can't, I mean, we've got another Kelsey Grammer show, but like the Zycho Bob of it all. And Mm -hmm. like, it brought pop culture moments like, like Cape Fear and other pieces of things to the forefront. And it was just so incredulously genius in, in how it took sick, what, what would have been potentially a live action sitcom moment and made it incredibly special. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I, I think in the nineties, it did it best outside of the nineties. I would say no. Sure. Um, yeah, it, I agree. It did not. It did not. It did not do that. But in the '90s, my God, it mm-hmm. was spectacular. Yeah, Jen, where are you yeah. on this one? I also am going to vote Simpsons. Um, I was a huge Simpsons fan when it came out, and I think we wouldn't have Family Guy or Bob's Burgers without the right. Simpsons. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, or like, Futurama or yeah, King mm-hmm. of the Hill. All of that, like that specific humor and i i feel like i still remember phrases from that show and my mom did not care what i watched literally did not care so i was in love with it and i was like you know i know some people were like don't have a cow man or like the underachiever (laughs) Bart Simpson. i was like wearing those t-shirts to school my mom did not care like she just was like oh okay whatever you like that thing i just was like it's so funny in a way that like i hadn't seen up until that time. Like, I feel like the cartoons I watched growing up were not that kind of humor. They weren't. Yeah, it was a completely different level of humor for a cartoon show, which um, while Kevin was talking, I was thinking, had we had a cartoon sitcom prior to this, we had the Flintstones, I would consider to be. Yeah, like Flintstones, Jetsons, but like for a long period, there wasn't anything like this. And then this came along, and in the early seasons, it wasn't at the level it was by like when you got Conan O'Brien in the writer's room and um, Al Jean, am I correct with that name? I think that's Al Jean, Mike Mike Reese. um, Well, and and even when you want to talk about the Flintstones, like the Flintstones was a Honeymooners. Sure, yeah. And and the, the Simpsons was authentically itself like and its own thing and it it really took off in a way that was really special in the 90s and i i think it represents something very different from a sitcom perspective it does although at the same time you were saying that and i was thinking it also really captured that 90s economic depression that yes. many americans were going through the same way roseanne did but mm-hmm. um like they're still living in it and you know newsflash we all are um but it, it's it really does speak to it like i i hear what ama is saying about living single if you didn't have living single you wouldn't have an entire genre of black comedy television and that's so true but literally if you didn't have the simpsons i don't think we would have literally dozens of animated sitcoms i don't think they would have existed the mm-hmm. simpsons was a big swing for fox and it didn't necessarily was was not going to be an obvious hit and it didn't just become an obvious hit it like you can go to the simpsons theme park in universal studios Mm -hmm. and like it is 
a self-sustaining machine at this point. I've used that that phrase twice this episode, so I'm so sorry. I am myself a self-sustaining machine. Um, <laughs> I think I'm sticking with The Simpsons here, Amma, which I, unfortunately means that Living Single would go out. I'm very sorry. Listen, I have been on the right side of this bracket more often than I ever am, and I am accustomed to being alone in my principles on things, so this territory, frankly, feels more familiar. I'm okay with it. Familiar territory is a 90s sitcom thing, so I appreciate <laughs> that we're, we're staying in that pocket. With that said, that is the end of round two. We're going to take a quick break because Uncle Joey told us to cut it out. We'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back for round three of our best 90s sitcom debate. Whatever happened in the intervening minutes does not matter because we were on a break, Rachel. Now, before we get into the Elite Eight matchups, I want to ask my panel, how can people find you on social media? Don't forget to share your beeper number. Ama? I am on Twitter and Instagram at Ama Marfo, and I also have uh, a back archive and some new episodes coming of a comedy show on YouTube Live called Pantry Raid Comedy, where comedians tell their jokes and then they talk about a strongly held food opinion that they want to share with the audience. Oh, can you share with me a food opinion that you're willing to share? So my favorite from the first round of pantry raids was cheerios in place of croutons on salad oh what (laughs) innovative but i was told by the person who shared it undeniably good I am baffled. I'm bewildered. I'm bejazzled uh i'm gonna have to give that some thought jen what about you what are your socials um i'm on twitter and instagram at j chen writer because there's a million jennifer chens in the world literally um and I'm going to plug my young adult book that is coming out next year um, in the summer. It's a young adult rom-com that um, I'm excited about called Artifacts of an X. And Ooh. I was going to ask you about that, too. So yeah. I'm glad that you beat me to the punch. We are all about <laughs> raising our boats. Uh, wait, wait, it's raising tides. Rising tides lift all boats. Thank you. I'm not a sailor. <laughs> um, ding, ding. <laughs> Although, if I go to P-Town, uh, yeah. Um, Kevin, how about yourself? So uh, you can find me on Twitter um, sharing Probably problematic opinions uh, at, uh, at E.T. Kevin's Mind. And you can find me throwing some thirst traps and fun things around on Instagram at Kevin underscore Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N, not D-Y-L-A-N. There's no Dillian uh, underscore 23. Uh, and, and just like, let's go. Like, add me. 
slide into his DMs is what he's trying to say. Please, to you please do. Yeah. They're open. They are always open. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me at Eric Resniak on Twitter and Instagram. That's E-R-I-C-R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K. Uh, or you can just message at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta or at Culture underscore Debate on Twitter. Um, if you're not following us on Twitter, you should be. We do lots of fun stuff on there, including every Saturday, our panelists share the things that they are obsessed about in pop culture that week. And, and we uh, love to just share good things. Speaking of good things, we're going to move on to round three and our 90s sitcom Elite Eight before Sophia Petrello hits us with one of her Sicilian curses. Uh, <laughs> the Elite Eight is... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air versus Full House, Golden Girls versus Saved by the Bell, Seinfeld versus Cheers, Friends versus Simpsons. I always like to take a step back, and I think that's a really good Elite Eight. Um, I am surprised. We don't have any CBS shows on here, do we? To the surprise well, of whom, though? We're not 80. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> exactly. Fair. I don't know any CBS shows that I like. Oh, my God. Designing Women would be the only one that I can think of from that time period. Family Matters became a CBS show. True. And I I remember that because I um, at one point, a couple seasons before they made that move, they had a very specific joke about CBS. Like somebody was watching TV and they were like flipping. And then like you hear them say like tonight on CBS and then the characters watching just like fall asleep. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) which was a great, great joke. But then to end up on CBS after that was funnier than the joke itself True, the indignity of it all cbs yeah. the arby's of uh <laughs> television broadcast stations you know me listen it's almost creamsicle shake season at arby's and i feel like they should be rewarded for that because it is a shining light on their otherwise unremarkable menu also arby's <laughs> please sponsor us so <laughs> these debates first up fresh prince of bel-air versus full house i'm gonna go around the horn ama where are you on this one Oh boy. Ah, mm, full house. All right. I'm going to go to Jen. I'm going to vote for Fresh Prince. Kevin. Fresh Prince. I'm also voting for Fresh Prince. And I think it's because Full House may have been the cultural juggernaut, but I don't think it was ever really trying to do anything particularly interesting and mm. fresh mm-hmm. prince actually had some actual cultural relevance right agreed mm-hmm. um uh, and i think there's a reason it's an ultimate one number one seed here so um, that's a good point yeah and we talked in the last round about you know full house had great careers for all of its cast members Fresh Prince launched Will Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. Will Smith was going to be fine without it, but um, it like was kind of like this his acting kind of breeding grounds to become yeah. the biggest Hollywood movie star of that decade and the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So um, does that make it a better 90s sitcom? I don't know. But I think what's, to me, going against Full House here is that Yes, it's super easy to watch. It's very comforting. But like even when Full House was popular, it was never truly like funny. Without la- laugh track, it would have been crickets. Am I wrong? Tell me yeah. I'm wrong. No, you're no, right. I don't, I don't you're think right. you are. I think like Full House was popular, but Fresh Prince was good. Yeah, yeah. correct. That's where it is. So we will advance, advance Fresh Prince. Next, it's Golden Girls by versus Saved by the Bell. And let's just start with this. Jen, I want to get your vote. What do you got? <laughs> 
I'm going to be hated by everyone I know because everyone I know loves the Golden Girls. And I do, too. I'm going to I think, you know, I don't think I need to state it out. I I want you to state it. Say it out loud, girl. (laughs) Sing out, Louise. You got to say it. Saved by the bell. I admire your dedication to sparkle motion. That's what I want to say right here. I do. No, I'm I'm not even joking. I I think, you know, there is something to be said for having convictions and knowing that a lot of these convictions are based off of your deep abiding love of Zach Morris. Yeah. I love that. Jen is the person that is regularly convicted to the point of isolation on the show. I respect Mm -hmm. the hell out of what you're doing. I know that like, I, my best friends, like, I feel like there's people in my life who are going to be very disappointed and I'm sorry, but Jen, this is your first episode. And let me just say, um, you wouldn't be a panelist on the great pop culture debate if you weren't disappointing someone in your life. So, um, (laughs) welcome to the club. Um, I'm going to go to Kevin. Which one are you going with? I don't even know that there's a question around this. Um, Golden Girls, even though even in its last two seasons, it was exquisite television. Golden Girls. All right. I'm going to go to Ama. I'm giving it to Golden Girls because and again, like both shows did uh, issue episodes, we'll say. And Mm -hmm. Golden Girls issue episodes hold up real well. They sure do. And I don't feel that about Saved by the Bell. (laughs) Uh, yes, and um, having rewatched a good chunk of Golden Girls and Golden Palace, which was a CBS spinoff, mm-hmm. um, Golden Palace is not terrible and still it's the not. issues pretty well. It, it's funny because at the time, the Golden Palace was absolutely excoriated by the critics. And I'm watching, I'm like, this show is not bad. Even in 2022, this show is not bad. Um, yeah. So, Jen, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared um, that Saved by the Bell is finally out. Yes. Uh, but it had a great run. Next, it is Seinfeld versus Cheers. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Kevin on this one. It's Seinfeld. I mean, it is the best sitcom of the 90s. Uh, it is the one that had the longest lifespan of the 90s. It was the 90s, to be honest with you. Like, it, it, it is... It is just such a special show, like in many ways. And I I could throw a marble rye up into your apartment or <laughs> I could um, name my child seven or I could shout serenity now or I could list Festivus or I could meet with the soup Nazi or I could go with Jackie Childs as my lawyer or I could replace Jay Peterman, who is allegedly Jay Crew, mm. um, as the uh, CEO. Or I could have a big salad. I mean, there I could I, I I could go on and on forever. You baby. could like literally. it is so. It is the nineties. It mm. is all so, right. Seinfeld, uh, Jen. I also go with Seinfeld. I think that if I I could rewatch that and still find it hilarious and i also feel like it entered it talked about sex without actually using an explicit term sure. in a really really funny way like the john f kennedy episode the yes. yada, yada. Mm-hmm. like you know it just it was like that humor that was able to be on like nbc but at the same time like you understood what was underneath that mulva yeah <laughs> 
no, that's a great I point. <laughs> that is a very good point, Jed. I had not actually thought about that ever, but it's so true. Ama. I'm giving it to Seinfeld. I think it has just a staying power that while Cheers was massive in its age and people do still talk about it, like Seinfeld is one of those ones that is both of its time and timeless to the point where I believe I've said it on this program before. I will continue to say it. If it's always sunny ended with a shot for shot remake of the Seinfeld finale, that would be a beautiful way to end it. Like that's how relevant it is that like, a whole other era of like buddy comedy could end the exact same way and it would make complete sense. That is so true. I don't know what Gus Von Sant is doing right now, but literally put him <laughs> now to do these Oh my shows. God, guess what? Eric, as you announce it this day, he's directing the new episode of Ryan Murphy's Feud. Yeah. What's oh, the wow. new feud about? Truban Capote uh, betraying his female friends. <laughs> Which I believe is the most Ryan Murphy sentence I personally have ever said. <laughs> You're correct. I'm living. I'm dying. I'm brought back to life. That has nothing to do with the 90s sitcoms. I'm sorry, folks. But that is I'm transported. Um, I love it. We are going to have to have a theme party in which everybody shows up dressed as either Truman Capote or one of the many women that he betrayed. Um, <laughs> take your pick all right so um my on this one I, I i actually this is not as hard as i thought it was when i first looked at this matchup because as you mentioned cheers only had three seasons in the 90s seinfeld was the basically the entirety of the 90s when did it start 91 uh thereabouts i think they yeah. have seven seasons i want to say yeah yeah so it, it was basically I, I'm, I'm giving to seinfeld for that this one's actually harder which is friends versus simpsons oh boy <sighs> yeah jen where are you on this oh uh oh dear i know i, I um hmm. i don't know on that one because i feel like i'm torn on which way which one would i rewatch now i don't know i feel like older simpsons like you guys were all saying like was so good and then at, at a certain point i just stopped watching it yeah and i feel like friends until the very very end i i still enjoyed um obviously it, it did it ended and the simpsons is still going so i'm gonna go with friends okay i will yeah. argue that the that friends did have some seasons that dipped but yeah. to its credit it came back which a lot of shows are not able to do but friends would know when it was going off the rails and they would get it together and bring it back um kevin where are you on this one Tough. this is a t i think this is the toughest one in the, in the entire I, I i really do too and i think i initially went with the simpsons but i think i'm gonna go with friends as well because it is just genuinely such a 90s sitcom like it is what i honestly wish well i guess i voted for the simpsons over living single but um it's you're killing me here smalls i'm gonna go with friends okay i'm gonna go with friends um what about you uh, this being an audio medium, you cannot see my posture at the moment, which is just I'm my so eyes are closed, my head is in my hands, just like this is very difficult. Um, 
we've managed to narrow this down to two shows that have really significant cultural impact, like Friends and Simpsons, both in their own ways were so big in the 90s and like yeah. transcended people that like you didn't watch friends but you understood what was happening and it was like a big part of the cultural consciousness and like you didn't watch the simpsons but you understood who those characters were so it was massive i the rewatchability factor was mentioned a moment ago so i'm yeah. going to use that as my deciding factor here which is to say i practically never go back and watch friends like mm -hmm. if it's on and i'm like at a hotel or somewhere that has cable i'll watch it but i never seek it out whereas i will regularly go back and watch this particular era of the simpsons mm -hmm. like if somehow mm -hmm. i've decided there's no other tv for me to be watching don't know how there's simply too much but sometimes that's just what i'll pick and i'll go back to those so for me with the understanding that I believe Friends is going forward anyways, I'm still going to speak up for The Simpsons on this one. I, with two votes, Friends would go forward no matter what, because if it was a tie, it's a one seed. Simpsons is, I think, a four seed. Yeah. Um. So Friends would advance. I, I will say this on behalf of Friends, and I, I still think I am going with Friends here. The Simpsons, um, we made this comment a lot in, in the boy band episode where like something transcends like uh, the Beatles are technically a boy band, but by saying they are the best boy band almost diminishes what they are, which is the best rock band of all time. The Simpsons is a 90s sitcom, but to call it simply a 90s sitcom is uh, diminishing the fact that it is an iconic like cornerstone of television an entire like genre animation comedies primetime right yeah. um even with its sad legacy now friends is i would say definitively a 90s sitcom yes yeah. it spilled over mm -hmm. into 2000s but it, its cultural power and meaning is deeply rooted in the 90s and being a sitcom um and it was uh you could say that uh, Seinfeld and we are potentially about to get to this actual argument supersedes it in the area but I think in terms of broad cultural awareness and appealing to a younger group as well Friends has an edge there mm -hmm. so um, I am going to give it to Friends also because I think a Friends versus Seinfeld Final Four matchup is a hell of a lot more compelling than a Seinfeld versus Simpsons Yeah. so <clears throat> that gives us Final Four Fresh Prince versus Golden Girls Seinfeld versus Friends uh, okay uh, those are all NBC shows am I wrong? I think they're all NBC shows <laughs> they sure are yeah <laughs> There you go. Okay, uh, I'm going to start here. Kevin, Fresh Prince or Golden Girls? Golden Girls. Ama. Oh, God. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Fresh Prince. Jen. Also French Prince. I know that everyone's hating. No. You know. <laughs> it's, I'm okay. Not it's okay, because I love Fresh Prince. So and I'm here's, gonna go for it. here's my out for you. Uh which of these two shows is, I think, a better show? It's Golden Girls. And as a gay man, I'm legally obligated to say that. Mm -hmm. However, if you put a gun to my head and said, what decade does the Golden Girls take place in? My first initial thought is going to be the 80s. Even though yeah. there are seasons in the 90s. How many seasons in the 90s, Kevin? Two? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it still even feels like the 80s. And I do think like the late 80s, early 90s are almost a decade onto themselves in my mm -hmm. mind. Um, but I think it really is more an 80s sitcom. And if we have an 80s sitcom episode, which I hope that we will someday, I totally expect Golden Girls to win, honestly. Yeah, 100%. Or certainly Final Four. Um, and again, 
Like, Go ahead, well, well, another thing, another point to kind of like assure Jed. I also think that Golden Girls to me is not unlike Frasier in the sense of like, regardless of the fashion, regardless of some of the other like visual hallmarks of it, you could make the same Golden Girls now and it would hold up great. Yeah. Yes. Whereas the Fresh Prince, again, has been rebooted, but it has to be wildly different from what it was. So yeah. going back to the idea of the 90s-ness of it helping drive these decisions, that can be a piece of this to consider as well. I love that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, I believe we are three for Fresh Prince, one for Golden Girls. Are you going to be That's able to fine. live with that? Yeah. I don't think you care because you have your right hand side of the bracket. (laughs) Um, So speaking of which, it's Seinfeld versus Friends, uh, our our must-see TV juggernauts. Did Seinfeld pass the torch to Friends? Is that the way that worked? No, they overlapped by a couple years. They overlapped. They did overlap, but Seinfeld was first. Yes. Seinfeld was first, yes. Was Friends on at eight and Seinfeld at nine? I think so. I feel like that sounds right. I also rem- I feel like Seinfeld didn't get its footing and like popularity until later. Yeah, it, correct. Yeah. It barely got renewed for season two. It was yeah, not we very nearly did not get it back. Mm, yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna start with Alma here. Seinfeld. I'm gonna go to Jen. Hmm. I'm gonna say Seinfeld as well because I think it's the humor still stands. Kevin, I know you're team friends. No, I'm team Seinfeld. Go ahead. You're going to say something? Nope. Okay. Seinfeld. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been stumping hard for Friends this whole time. And I do think that um, this is its time to bow out because sure it is. was huge. And, and one of my main arguments for Friends was i do think it's a funny show a lot of people will be like friends isn't funny and it's very kind of knee-jerk to dismiss it but i do think it is a funny show but seinfeld goes beyond funny seinfeld was fucking genius yeah there is stuff in there that is like comedic gold jerry it's gold jerry it's gold um, <laughs> and as much as i love friends oh, thanks Penny banya seriously <laughs> as much as i love friends i don't think it ever quite hit gold i think it was yeah. you know uh rhinestones no that's a terrible comparison god that, <laughs> i'm firing myself from this podcast um but uh, y- y- you know what i mean uh it it, it, it was never quite there it, it, it's hanukkah guilt that's a better comparison there we go um okay so that gives us a seinfeld versus fresh prince final two uh which i think they were they were all one seeds but um oh wow yeah they were all right i'm gonna start with well kevin you're kind of an obvious one you're going with Oh my God! If any of I, I hate to say this, it, it it's it's Seinfeld. It, it is the best sitcom of the '90s, hands down. Jen, I'm gonna also go with Seinfeld again because I I mean you could quote any episode. Also, that cast together was just <sighs> incredible. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean I still remember when like. And Lane sent out the holiday card with her with nipple. Her nipple. <laughs> and like George was so mad. And then she's like, Do you want to see it? And then she just like pushes his face. And I'm just like, it's hilarious. It's so Jen, hilarious. Can I tell you my yeah. other favorite is when she rips his hair off of its head. <laughs> I don't like this. And here's what I'm doing with it. And he throws it out the window and she Ugh just like slaps her hands together it's incredible god i will say though for like 
uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. I feel like they, her '90s looks were just. I was like, she's such a cute person, and yet she's wearing all these awful '90s outfits. Because then in Veep, I'm like, oh my god, you're beautiful. But- yeah, it's like this is how you should have been dressing the whole time. <laughs> But they liked but. women to look like linebackers in the 90s. It was a thing. I, I, don't, I, I can't where, explain it. Listen, that's where our power came from until we got closer to closing the pay gap. Like, I don't know what you want. <laughs> um, shoulder pads or equal pay, ladies. You got to pick one. Yes. And ladies, women can do their shoulder pads. And they're like, best we can do is shoulder pads. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> exactly. Um, what about you, Ama? I mean, I'm giving it to Seinfeld. It's transcendent like Fresh Prince is wonderful for what it was and what it is and what it continues to be now but Seinfeld was like such a moment in time that exploded and it's Mm -hmm. everywhere and it continues to be everywhere and it's it's undeniable here's what's funny about Seinfeld and I'm also going with Seinfeld here so it is unanimously winning but um Jerry Seinfeld is by far the least interesting and the least Mm -hmm. important part of that cast. So much so. He is a schlub. And even Mm -hmm. when it was on, I was like, why is this show Seinfeld? When like (laughs) clearly he's the least interesting and compelling character on this program. Um, But I don't know if it would have worked if you had a lead who was like, fighting for mm-hmm. camera time. That's essentially what you get with Always Sunny, right? Like those are four equal characters, each of them fighting for the spotlight. Yeah. And Seinfeld, you have this like complete meh, the unflavored ice milk of sitcom heroes, <laughs> right? And then you have these three like burning furnaces of dysfunction just <laughs> like raging around him. That's great television. Like, there's an alchemy to that cast, and it wouldn't work if you had anyone with any kind of actual charisma to him is the lead character. Um, And Jen, to your point about, like, it being able to talk about sex without explicitly talking about sex, I cannot fathom having to listen to Jerry Seinfeld talk about sex. That sounds horrifying. (laughs) So I think you don't really have a choice. Really any of them, though. Can can you imagine any of them? Uh -uh. Even Julia Louis, well, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I can probably give a pass. But, like, the rest of them. And, I mean, listen, when you look at that cast, Jason Alexander's still working. He's on Maisel now. Mm -hmm. Julia Louis-Dreyfus has achieved her, like, like, actual like iconic Nick's status she will mm-hmm. always be with us julie mm-hmm. Louis will always be working and doing amazing things michael mm-hmm. richards is done and he, he did that to himself and he yeah. had every reason to be done and he will never not be done he, like in the immortal words of carrie bradshaw he's so over we need a new word for over mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yes. like it didn't tarnish seinfeld seinfeld is still unimpeachable and I, I think it is the correct choice for the best 90s sitcom. So there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best 90s sitcom is indeed Seinfeld. Do you agree? Do you think we should be sentenced to a year in jail and never have contact with each other again? <laughs> Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or finding us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure that you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming up, vote in open polls, and even decide 
decide what topics we tackle next. I want to say thank you to my panel and to you I say TGIF, which actually means thank God it's finished because if you're listening to this episode, <laughs> it took us like literally three months to get this one done. My God. It has been a journey. Um, so thank you. And thank yeah. you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon where you can get even more exclusive content and you can get episodes a whole day early. So we Woo! hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.